0: wonder what I'm going to say on my intros. I want to exit from this despair. I want to also give a warning to other creatives. Create like it's your last because with the reversal of role, they're not going to stop there. If you have something meaningful to say that is going to shed light and bring happiness to the world, you better do it before the conservatives decide. And that's how I want to begin my day every day, creating something new, interesting, and that's educating and expand the world instead of bringing darkness. When you know that you have good, a great sound system, Um, I am over eighteen thousand downloads and counting. I'm well on my way to somewhere over twenty thousand, and I'm just excited for all the progress that I have made in my podcast. It's been a journey over the last four years. I remember creating this podcast simply as an outlet for, not just for creativity, but for entertainment, because I was in the armpit of the world in Kentucky, but um, I'm celebrating over 300 episodes and just and many, many downloads to come. I'm excited to become attractive to advertisers. So maybe one day this can become a source of income and sources of entertainment for people all over the world and i need to make sure that i'm careful in what i have played next because i don't want to play any copyrighted music and get in trouble with the platforms i see you in czech republic i see you in romania i see you in mexico i see you in most of the states here in the united states y'all seem to be vibing with me um, and being as entertained as I am with the subjects that I actually have been speaking of. And I'm grateful for the new listeners and the new people that are following me. Y'all are the bomb. So I feel as if I need to be true to my podcast and simply talk about those things. Focus on things that I'm reading and also on black positivity. One of the things that I've noticed and I envy from the people that uh, are on my trash TV watching is relationship and the meaning of family and support and how all of these people are just so in tune and invested in their kids. and They seem to be good parents even though they are trash human beings to other adults, I hope that the kids don't pick up on that because the kids seem to be beautiful and sweet. So I really haven't been doing a whole bunch of traditional reading. Um, I get New York Magazine and The Cut, and on this week's New York Magazine, they call it the special issue of the cut and cut make princess cousin Megan is on the front of that she's a fashion icon in her own right um and her and her the other princess uh Kate of middleton um they have all these kids and they just skinny as all get out I just don't get it I don't know if they're vegan or what but I just need pork I say that as I am marinating overnight my pork shoulder uh, for my Haitian griot tomorrow, pork griot tomorrow. Young Tina Snow, real hard on the hoe. Real hard girl shit. Ay. Ay, dance like it's niggas with some money in this hoe. In the, we ain't muggin' bitches, we ain't fucking with them hoes. That dance is like with some money Tina Snow the or Megan Thee D- D- Th- D- D- Stallion. Getting on the Floor featuring Jay Alphonse from one of my favorite TV shows, P-Valley. This is Jay Alphonse as my favorite, Little Murder. And it is Megan the Stallion at her best. Um, And this is where I'm probably going to make my two... Uh, black excellence goes out to both her um, and cousin the other Megan I just realized Megan with just a G and Megan with the G H both are on the special issue of the New York Magazine um, this is a feature mat, uh, Meg, the first Megan with just with the um is written by she's over being Miss Nice because bitches don't respect that. Um, and I'm on my fuck you shit, bitch. I'm done being nice. I don't think twice when it comes to cutting people off. She's over this whole um lack of disloy lack of loyalty. I remember Big T comment um, and Pico uh being uh he's just tired of disloyal ass Nick. Niggas, which I think was so funny that I'm bringing everything back to B Valley. I base all of my clifforisms my ghetto risms, break slide. Why don't you break me off my five stacks? Why don't you just slide me my five stacks then? How about that? I talk now like I'm from fictional lisa aka Memphis, Tennessee, aka the deep south. And I'm so not hood, which is just completely hysterical. But she gets real in this feature, um, going over her musical uh, journey, how she evolved uh, from performing as a character with Tina Snow, with the blonde wig probably not being as... Um, is closer to her than some of her other characters that she's performed as. Um, and she's gone through a lot in the last couple of week, couple of years. She has a whole bunch of record executives that don't expect, don't want her to fly. She got a punk-ass hood uh, label that's taking credit for all the hard work that she and her mom did, Holly Thomas. Um, she is stands at a regal five foot ten, and it seems like the bras just can't get that out of and she dares to wear caricaturally high heels and they hate her for that and she has body a body, body, and she is blowing them out of the water with her stylistic lyrics. She's just absolutely amazing um I really like reading this because she actually had, she's and it looks like she's probably going to have a recurring role on P-Valley. I didn't know that she had tried out for the Mercedes character, but she says she is glad she wasn't ready to be Mercedes. And I can't see anybody but Brandi Evans tearing up that role. So with that said, the other side just shows... uh Princess Cousin Megan uh, looking her flyest in all of her royal fabulousness from Manolo Bolognix, sitting on the aged bench, looking far away like she is a Oscar de la Renta model. She is absolutely one gorgeous girl, um, and I can't wait to see how her kids are going to end up. I think they're going to be... Uh, pleasant mix of both her and Prince Cousin Harry. So we'll invite both of them to the barbecue. But Black Excellence, mad shout out to Megan, Prince's Cousin Megan and Megan the salient One with the G, one with the G-H both as fabulous. Also I like what I've been watching and listening to. Um, this next session is purely dedicated to garbage TV watching. If you don't have a cocktail in your hand, please get one. I'm going to be sipping on probably a little bit later um, some type of uh, mixed drink with tequila. Probably I'm thinking about mixing up this blueberry uh, margarita joint. I'll take pictures and um, include it in the extended podcast notes, but cheers, y'all. So what's been also going on with me in my popular life, Um, I finally tested negative for COVID on Saturday. I should do the air horns for that, but I'll just mouth it. I'm just saying. Um, But I also found out COVID is not gone yet. And anybody that is not doing all they can do to keep from getting it or keep from spreading it, they gotta be cognizant of the danger of exposing someone that is immunocompromised to COVID. Number one, it can wreak havoc on them depending on the type of cancer or immunosuppression that they have. And two, they may test positive longer, even though, The the virus is deactivated, it still can wreak havoc on them, and it can also keep them from getting the needed therapy that they need because nobody's going to let them up in that place if they have tested positive. So, y'all be careful, mind your p's and q's, wear your mask, wash your hands, and if it's in the age of COVID, it's not just the sniffles or your allergies. Just do the damn test and do it right, okay? But as I recovered from COVID, I discovered different things to uh, pass the time. I'm into the whole love and hip hop franchises, and I discovered that I have access to. Love & Hip Hop um, New York through my uh, Prime um, subscription. And I've been binge watching the first several seasons of that. And I've also got caught up today on Love & Hip Hop Atlanta and uh, Love & Hip Hop Miami. And I realized that Love & Hip Hop Atlanta, I thought it it is almost an exact copy of Love & Hip Hop. Um, New York, the original, because some of the main characters uh, or personalities from that series are on Love & Hip Hop, um, Atlanta, and but they're just a little bit older. It seems that there is a character from Love & Hip Hop, New York, Tandy, who married Mendeece, who got like a six-year bid. And there's all this baby mama drama, they think she's fake and they're boxing back and forth, but that has spilled over, Mendeece has been released, and that has spilled over um, into Atlanta because I don't, I think it's because it's released and he's getting back into the music scene. And Tandy is a, um, I don't know if she's a publicist or just a manager or a combination of both, but the baby mama drama is still going on. And Atlanta is messy because, um, oh, what's his name? Street Safari is also down there. And Jock is getting married, but having baby mamas and more babies. Um, And his now new wife knows about it. Um, It's just a whole hot mess. And I'm watching Love & Hip Hop Miami right now and Trick Daddy actually has a pretty popular cooking show on YouTube, is Bitch I Got My Pots. And it's hysterical because he drops little gems about why are you gonna pick on people for like the way uh, Princess cooks ox- cooked oxtails and she got dragged online because she made it the Filipino way, which is Bulalo. Um, and he basically has his own recipe um, and he gives you little gems of support. Um, I'm watching, I watched a part of the episode where he is going to have on, I think it is Safari and somebody else, and Lexi, Um, and he's cooking yellowfin. um, And he's handling that knife like a G. He said something about he handled a knife like uh, a baby mama chasing her boy through the the hood. Very funny. Um, Those are the types of, it seems like one trash tv watching leads to more trash tv watching but it's all entertaining because these people are doing the most but they're making the best of their situation um i can't really say that about drink champs noriega's show um or the podcasts, other podcasts that have spin off from these uh particular shows um i didn't or hadn't really gotten into Love at Hip Hop Hollywood, because it do too much damn talking. The only interesting thing is when Safari came out there and blew through there for a minute. But this Remy Ma, um, I watch her on True Crime. Um, this week's episode, now that I've watched all of her, she was a recurring favorite. Um, on Love and Hip Hop New York. And she did a long bit, uh, not for fighting or aggravated assault. So I think her voice is very distinct. It took her, and the, with the support of her husband, Pap, um, about a year to go from the pen to uh, getting her Grammy, Grammy nominated, um, and platinum album not too long after that. And it also showed me that contrary to what uh, billboard and a lot of these other uh the with the they would like us to believe uh the more mainstream uh platforms hip-hop is alive and well and there are many many female mcs doing the thing no they're not platinum selling stadium packing out like Cardi, Nikki, or Megan, but there are a lot of people doing it, grinding and getting seriously paid um, for what what I have seen and noticed on these particular shows, which even for all this mess, it is to me a celebration of hip hop and black culture and also um, distinct cultural appropriation. And it's kind of hysterical that Safari uh, is a mainstream artist, but he, he he got booed off stage at some show in New York. And there is a character Florence Deleche on Miami that has also got she's uh, claimed herself to be the queen of soca, um, and she's had a on and on again, off again beef with these other stars, Haitian stars down in. Miami, and she got booed off the stage in Orlando, but that was a setup. Um, Now I'm up to the point where uh, Gael and Marlon, Gael is Florence's sister, and Marlon is the trashy husband. Um, Gael is revealing um, the affair that she had with her sister's husband. Um, and the new management basically told her she's going to have to get rid of her clown team, current clown team, and she's going to have to get rid of Marlon or separate their business relationship because he, he is using her to build up his own career, um, but he's also dragging her down. She doesn't need him. He needs her, but he is going to be the death of her career if they don't separate is the bottom line. It's all kind of sad, and it's all very messy, and it's also very disgusting because he's still lying, still lying. So this is a way where she's going to have to disconnect herself from her toxic sister, and she's going to have to get rid of this uh, cheating bitch-ass of a husband. I said it, and that's all I got to say on that. So now on to other, my other part of the show that I really, really absolutely adore, um, donkiness. I don't really want to spend so much time on nonsense, but... This whole thing, I didn't even watch. I don't really watch videos like that. And I realized just how much out of music I have been for a number of years. And it hadn't been until I inherited my father's uh, record collection that I realized that I have, I'm missing something or I feel as if I'm missing something. Um, meaning my whole my issue with um because I just didn't have time or i and then with the pandemic, I wasn't really in my car, and that's why I realized that most of my music listening came through listening to the radio, but because I don't have to drive to work anymore I haven't driven to work. Since like 2019. So there's a lot of time that I do not spend in my car. And then I start when I am in my car, I listen to podcasts mostly. Go figure. So when this came up, there is a guy, um, a comedian by the name of Aries Spears. I had to look up who he was because I looked at him, I kept looking at him, look at him without him he looked, and I, and I hate body shaming because I'm a big girl, but he looked like a round milk dud, but his, something was familiar about his face, and I was like, oh, yeah, Jerry Maguire. He is the player-hating brother of Cuba Gooding's character, Show Me the Money character. So, and... He made this horrible comment about how Lizzo has a pretty face, but he can't get over the fact that her body looks like the poop emoji. I need you to navigate to my um, uh, podcast notes. And I have a side-by-side of Lizzo, that fool, and the poop emoji. And who looks like the fucking poop emoji? Lizzo is in amazing shape. She dances for hours during her comedic shows. His fatness and body shape is due to gluttony and he refuses to work out. And I beg to differ that he is projecting his own atrocious body on a woman who is body positive and it she is they come after lizzo just like they come after meg uh because she is positive and she's strong and extremely talented these weak ass niggas that look like the piece of shit that they are come after them reflecting their own insecurity and infirmities and they all they all need to be ashamed of themselves this fool really needs to be ashamed of himself for saying that girl how dare you and, and and project you and he looks just like that poop emoji so the donkey of the day goes to this fool Aries Spears um and you really need to navigate to the podcast notes because he does look like just exactly like that poop emoji thing girl Okay, I'm confused. I'm watching House of the Dragons and this crab-feeding mug. And what dragon is this? I'm confused. It's not the cute dragon. Who is in control of this dragon, y'all? He ain't saving nobody. What in the world? Is he a dragon, rogue dragon? Or is this that fool... Targaryen, I don't know, girl. I don't know. I am thinking I like more than the dragons in this show. I wish I could see much more of them. I'm kind of between, I don't know if this is Daenerys or Viserys or Viserion, the call for honor and duty how she's a princess named heir, but she knows nobody. Everybody is player-hating her, but they are underestimating her. She basically killed a wild boar with her bare hands, and she and the King's guard, who she should be marrying, hunted it down while they held the big old stag, which was so CGI, it didn't really look real at all. and how they held him so he could uh, bury a glorified sword or stick into this dude, the little neck of the stag. And they actually saw the white stag, which she saved, or she wouldn't let the king's guard um, couldn't, wouldn't let the king's guard. Uh, kill him. But what I am having an issue with is how she is so blonde, she is so severely Caucasian that it makes it really difficult for me to like her. But I will go online and look for first editions of this book series because I'm wondering just how detailed it is and how far away from the storyline the teleplays are. So this is me being a punk ass, because there's no way I would be rolling around, risking being poisoned, and risking infection, uh, for like tularemia or something else crazy. Um, in this time, I'm not, I'm not that dutiful, and I guess I'm one of those disloyal mugs because there's no way I could serve a realm that would not believe in me and that would continue to underestimate me. You know what I'm saying? You know, the uncle Targaryen is doing the most. He is acting real crazy and causing trouble and acting like a petulant bully. And it wouldn't shock me if she's going to have to go against him to basically subdue him before he rips apart the kingdom that he wants to rule. But what is he trying to rule? A graveyard? I mean... It's ridiculous. This Damon reminds me a lot of King Henry VIII, how the brother was a greater king than he. He is ruled more by passion, even though less by smarts and wits. Okay, y'all, what's up with the surrender? It didn't look like they were losing. It looked like they had the um, dragon. So is this a ruse and he's going to kill him? I don't know. This just feels like a double cross because he do got power over the dragon. He ain't giving up shit, but he fights dirty. I knew it. That old dirty Damon. He crazy, bloodlust. I don't know. So, both of the hunts and reimaginings and clarification, you know, just rebirth of the Daenerys and her uncle's characters, they could have both died and probably should have died, but they. Be- crossed over into some of this new awareness. Very graphic, very bloody, definitely overkill. And the crab feeder torso that the uncle drags up as they win the war that they were supposed to lose just proves the power of makeup as well as cgi because it was very graphic but it was in a lot of respects it was just like how violent the birth of and the death of when daenerys's mother died after the cesarean section and they basically gutted that woman like an animal, and she bled out on that bed, and the, di- the kid still died anyways. All of those things were sacrifices. The disembowelment of the crab feeder. It was just a lot of imagery to basically sort through. The third episode was just ex- wasn't just wanting violence it was a reassertion of who the both of the Tardarians are. And the king, all up in his feelings, wondering if he made the right decisions. And it looks like he did. He following the wrong oaths or the wrong signs, but it is obvious that the daughter is the right leader. And it so it still kills me that the council members are still plotting and throttling and just rotten because they all want to secure for selfish reasons. They just want to secure their position and their family's position. They don't care about the well-being of the kingdom. They're just in it for their own well-being, which I find appalling. But there goes ultimate power. It's actually, I guess the storyline is very simple. The imagery is just is more powerful. And this show is on my top list of watches. And if anybody is having a great drink, I'm actually um, trying this blueberry margarita. I think I made too much of it because I'm going to have to put this in the refrigerator before I go to bed. It's like 7.30, so I'm ready to go to bed, but it's all good. So that's how we're going to end this episode, and I'm going to end it with a, po- a positive word. I used to scoff at people making this statement, because, maybe because of its simplicity, or maybe because it sounded more like an admonishment that I was being everything but kind. But then when I started investigating it for myself, that's when I realized that I was confusing politeness with kindness. Politeness is a fake superficial manner in which there's no required investment, no self-reflection. But being kind is an adjective. It is, on, it is an action. If you're kind to yourself first, it's like exercise memory. You will continue and be kind to others. Let that sit with you for a while. I'm going to try to be kind to myself I'll be kind to others. It's very simple and you got to repeat it. Lean into the spirit of a new year by counting your blessings, giving to others and spreading happiness. I know I will. And this episode or this podcast is my means to spread joy and happiness and light and enlightenment. There's so much going on with aggression and um, just meanness. But if I can leave you with one small positive thought, start your day with that, that can change everything for you and, and just basically change your day. Don't forget to check out Dale's Angels Inc. for the notes on this podcast, as well as other works by CQM in, um, that are, and other contributors that are in work or in, um, being edited right now. Um, also check out my Instagram feed, 10 is Reading. You can check me out on Facebook, Tenfro is Reading Book Club, as well as my YouTube channel, Tenfro is Reading and Eating. And what I'm just chatting and streaming, um, at TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter. Uh, navigate to Writers Block Coffee or ShipaBagAddicts.com. Use my promo code 10FroCoffee or 10 Got respectively to get a percentage off of your order. Don't forget to drop me a line at reading at gmail.com. Um, all non-trolling messages may be actually uh, read online and you can do the same if you are in Podbean or Anchor or wherever you listen to the podcast. And again, shedding light and positivity. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it.